Hi, welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, Brad Tunstall. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. Um, For those of you who aren't aware, Brad is my brother-in-law, and he happens to be one of the more talented people I know. Uh, He can speak several different languages. He can play all sorts of instruments and can run three miles without breaking a sweat. And like I mentioned on the end of last week's episode, he knows more about music than I ever will in a lifetime. So I'm happy that you agreed to be on here with me, man. Um, So with that being said, like I do every time I have a new guest on, um, I like to put them on the spot and ask them the simple question. What is your favorite movie? And briefly, tell us why. So Brad. What is your favorite movie, and tell us why. Oh, boy. Well, thanks for the introduction. I'm going to have to fact check you on some of those, but I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> now, my favorite movie, if I answer that incorrectly, do I get kicked off, or are we still good to go? Oh, you're, you're still good to go. <laughs> uh, I would actually, yeah, it's a tough one. I think Last Samurai is probably my favorite movie. With, That's a good one. With Tom Cruise. Yeah, and it's something, I mean, you, you mentioned about languages. Uh, you know, I studied Japanese for a long time. My brother lives in Japan. There's just something about the Japanese culture that that movie was awesome. I mean, Samurais versus Ninjas, Tom Cruise was great in it. I just, I don't know. It's probably one of my most watched movies of all time. Um, I got some pretty other yeah. funny favorite movies, but some people might not know about them. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring up Last Samurai because one of the things I like about that movie so much is that it's very soulful. Um, so it kind of has a something in common with the movie that we're talking about this week and that it's just, it's a very soulful kind of movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, so without further ado, let's continue with our theme for this month with movies that remind me of summer. Uh, two weeks ago, we tackled my most rewatched movie of the last year with Aquaman. A uh, really good movie. Last week we tackled another one of my personal favorite, uh, films of all time. And in fact, it's my favorite action movie of all time, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Um, I had a blast covering those films and you should really go back and uh, give them a listen if you haven't yet. Um, give those two episodes that I recorded a, a listen if you haven't. Um, this week, however, we will be discussing a film where you lose yourself and find yourself. That's right. We're tackling, or we're talking about the most ultimate bro movie ever made, Point Break, a film that's directed by Oscar-winning director Catherine uh, Bigelow and stars Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves and came out on July 12th, 1991, which is pretty cool that this movie came out a week after Terminator 2, and I'm here discussing them in the same sequence uh, I promise I didn't plan this. It's kind of freaky, but it's pretty cool nonetheless. Um, if you're not uh, familiar with Point Break, the plot synopsis reads like such, according to Google. After a string of bizarre bank, robber, bank robberies in Southern California with crooks donning masks of various former presidents, a federal agent, Johnny Utah, played by Keanu Reeves, infiltrates the suspected gang but this is no ordinary group of robbers. There are surfers, led by the charismatic Bodie, played by Patrick Swayze, who are addicted to the rush of thievery. 
But when Utah falls in love with a female surfer, Tyler, played by Lori Petty, who is close to the gang, it complicates his sense of duty. Now, I will say this. For me, I disagree with this last sentence, as I feel it's his closeness with Bodie that really clouds his judgment, not so much his relationship with Tyler, although that does complicate things for him. Um, would you agree with that, Brad? Yeah, yeah, it, it's strange because you think he's kind of falling for for Bodie at the beginning, just being a best friend, and then you know once Tyler comes in or uh, switch that, would he? Falling for Tyler at first, and then when Bodie comes in, it's, you know, old boyfriend, flame. Now he's got a, a new best friend and a girlfriend, hopefully. So, yeah. Um, like I do every week, before we get into our first experiences with the particular film we're covering, uh, I'd like to say why I think this film pertains to the main topic of movies that remind me of summer. Um, like I said last week, uh, when I think about summer, I think about action, but I also think about the beach, the ocean water, the salt air, and surfing. Uh, I grew up every summer spending a significant amount of time at the beach. In fact, I lived at the beach for almost two years after high school. Uh, There's always been something about being by the ocean or at the beach that just makes my soul feel peaceful and at harmony with itself. Um... I think that's why when I think of being at the beach in the summer, I think of this movie Point Break, Uh, a movie that if you put aside, you know, all the super awesome action sequences, the fantastic stunts and the memorable one liners, it's a movie about the human spirit staying alive and how sometimes we need a bit of adrenaline in our lives to keep us, you know, feeling young, alive and, and youthful. It's also about the dangers of becoming addicted to that high and how we shouldn't let that high cons- consume us. Um, at the end of the day, this movie reminds me of home, and I think that's why it means so much to me. Um, so with that being said, Brad, when was the first time you saw Point Break, and how does it compare to how you feel about it now? Uh, I was trying to think of when the first time I saw it, and so it came out in, what, 91? I was nine years old. I believe that was the time where, uh, you know, my parents would definitely watch movies like this, but I'd have to either look away or put my earmuffs on. But at the, the time that I actually remember watching it was probably freshman year of high school. Uh, there was a lot of great movies in the 90s. I started high school in the mid to late 90s. I started catching up on all those movies I remember as an eight, nine-year-old that I wasn't allowed to watch. Um, so I would say probably freshman year of high school and 90 what was that six seven um i loved it then i mean like you said i we've i grew up in akron ohio but traveling to the beach every summer uh, there's just something about beach life that's just different and watching all these surfers you know i always wanted to be a surfer as a kid and um obviously i don't want to rob banks but uh, <laughs> i i love the movie um i still love it I, I watched it again you know a couple times before this podcast and i've seen it over the decades many times so um I, I do enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah, man. It's it's such a, a a blast of a movie. It's really, it just, it makes the adrenaline pump. You know what I mean? It just, it, it makes the blood flow. But uh, the first time I watched this movie, I have such a particular memory with stuff like this. So <laughs> I apologize in advance if I seem just like, like I have such a freakish memory. But the first time I watched this movie was on a Sunday afternoon on TNT with my family. And I was roughly probably around six years old. 
Um, I remember not really being into it or really interested at the time because I didn't know who Keanu Reeves was or Patrick Swayze. But then my dad told me it had Neo from the Matrix in it, which is Keanu Reeves. So I immediately changed my tune and began watching it. Um, While I was a bit bored at first with all the, you know, learning how to surf and all that stuff. I became entranced by the time the night surfing scene happened. I just remember thinking how cool I thought this movie was from the surfing scenes, the skydiving scenes, the way Bodie and his gang of surfers, Rob Banks wearing masks of, of former presidents and how down and dirty the action felt in the movie. Um, it's not a pretty at all. You know, it's not glossy and in all honesty, it was, you know, pretty gritty and it, it that's what made the action feel so intense. Um, is because it felt and looked real. Um, these weren't, you know, jacked up dudes from the eighties saying one liners. These were, you know, everyday guys doing some really intense action. Um, I watch it now. And to me, this is really the soulful, the soulful guys action movie. It truly is the movie where you lose yourself and you find yourself. It's, it's able to cast this, the spell that just takes you there and I think a lot of that is due to uh, Catherine Bigelow. Um, the way she was able to capture such visually engrossing action and, and make you feel like you're right there in the heart of all of it is an incredible achievement. But what makes this movie works work is just how soulful it is. Um, I believe it's Bigelow's touch that gives it its soulful nature. Plus, this movie just makes me want to grab my, my surfboard and go surfing again. It, it makes me really miss it. I haven't surfed in several years, um, probably since the summer of 2013. So it's it's been a long time, and I, I really miss it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, moving on here. Let's go to the Rotten Tomatoes hey, score. Hey, Ben, real quick. Um, you know, I think that's funny that you said that – was it your dad that mentioned about Keanu Reeves being in The Matrix, and that's what made you watch it? Yeah. So mine was the opposite. So I grew up on Bill and Ted's uh, late eighties and, you know, I, I loved Bill and Ted's even though I was still pretty young, but it's just that mindset of a late eighties, early nineties kid um, that I knew Keanu Reeves was in this movie. And that's what made me want to see it so bad because it wasn't like Bill and Ted. So it's funny coming from different angles. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, Keanu Reeves before and we'll touch on this a little later, but Keanu Reeves, this was his first action movie. You know, he was known for being, you know, Ted Theodore Logan. Um, he wasn't known for being the action guy. And uh, Bigelow really had to to go to bat for him to get the role. Um, even refusing to direct it if he wasn't cast. Um, and so really, this was the, the, the movie that kind of started it all for him in terms of him being the action star. You know, that's, you know, we got speed, um, the matrix out of this. And of course, you know, that would eventually lead us to John wick and we love John wick. Oh yeah. Agreed. But, um, what, if you had to guess, what do you think the rotten tomato score on this movie would be? Uh, probably 50, 60s. Close. Um, Point Break holds the Rotten Tomato score of 69%, with the consensus being 
absurd, over the top, and often wildly entertaining. Point Break is here to show you that the human spirit is still alive. Uh, do you agree with this score? Do you think it holds up? Um, what do you think? I, I definitely think it holds up. Uh, Rotten Tomato scores are funny to me because I seem to like a lot of movies that are pretty low scores. And again, it was the, the 90s. So if you're watching it now, all the scenes are still great, but there's not a lot of that big, um, you know, there's no CGI or anything like that, really. Uh, but 69, I think that's a great score for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see where this, you know, why the movie has a score that it has. You know, it's it's kind of over the top. It's a bit ridiculous in some of the action sequences, as we'll get to later in the Does This Make Sense award section. Would you consider uh, it more of a cult classic like, or is, do you think this is more of a mainstream 69%? Um, I, I think I would put it as a as a mainstream movie that has a gigantic cult following. Yeah, every, um, everybody I know has, has seen it. Um, yeah. Whether they want to admit it or not, people love it. So that, that, yeah, that score makes sense thinking about it. Yeah. Like it's one of those movie or it, yeah, it's one of those movies where I can understand if someone doesn't like it. Um, but to, to me, I would probably, you know, I know Rotten Tomatoes doesn't rate movies. They're just a, an aggregator. So they just collect all the certified critics ratings and whatever. But if it, if it were me just giving it my personal score, I'd probably have it between somewhere in 85, 90%. Um, cause it's just so enjoyable and it's, it's entertaining, it's quotable and it's just highly rewatchable. I mean, the opening sequence of, uh, the, the, the police officer go giving his spiel about, you know, less than nothing. Uh, even if you know, knew something, that'd be something, but you didn't, or the, you know, you're young, dumb, full of cum kind of quotes. It's just, it's endlessly entertaining. Um, it's just it's it's such a cool premise and it delivers on that and then some uh again i think a lot of that is due to bigelow being behind the camera um you you give this movie to another director and i don't think it works the same way um the perfect example of that is the remake no shame if you do like it um it's just it wasn't for me did you get around to seeing the remake or i did and i just looked up the score for that and it got 11% oof uh, no, I, I, I've seen it because I wanted to see what, it, how they remade it. Um, fun extreme action scenes, but that's about it. In my yeah, I, I, I really had no interest in seeing it. I think, it, I think it came out in the summer of 2015, or not the summer. The I think it came out in December of 2015. Um, which would mean that it got buried by Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I remember it had like an insanely high budget too. Um, yeah, I definitely skipped into the theaters. I I rented it when it came out. Yeah, I, d- I didn't get around to seeing it in in the theater. Um, I I rented it um, this past week to check it out, and it just it wasn't for me. But if you like that movie, I, I celebrate that. That's wonderful. Um, moving on here to fun facts. This was the first of two movies in which Keanu Reeves would play a former Ohio State quarterback. The second was uh, in the movie The Replacements. Um, what do you think about that, Brad? Well, being an Ohio State fan and from Ohio, it's it's funny to me that they chose Ohio State for both of these. I don't know if 
you know, they do make a, a funny comparison in the movie in Point Break to, you know, him being a quarterback from what they say, Kansas, I think. Uh, yeah. I, it seems uh, like, yeah, folks in California may just lump all of our, you know, Midwest towns together. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, it, it, he's always playing a quarterback. And I love the replacements too. He's, you know, it's funny that Keanu Reeves is playing the quarterback. Yeah. Like, apparently, I, I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but. Keanu Reeves was an inspire aspiring uh, hockey player before he got hurt. And then he went into acting. Um, so he has an athletic background, which is, I think why he does a lot of his own stunts too. He has to be kind of athletic to do it. Um, but I thought it would be a pretty cool piece of trivia to bring it up since you were, you know, a, you're an Ohio native and you know, you're a Buckeye fan. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Ridley Scott was the first choice to direct this movie, but he instead directed Thelma and Louise. Um, this movie would have been interesting to see because I love Ridley Scott as a director, but he can oftentimes be a little bit hit or miss. Um, I think while the movie might've still been good in his hands, cause he's like, certainly a capable director. Um, it wouldn't have had that again, that soulful nature to it that Bigelow was able to bring. Um, so I think at the end of the day, the right call was made. Um, what do you think about that, Brad? No, I think it was a great call. I, I don't really know Catherine Bigelow as, you know, a huge name. Cause you know, I don't, I don't follow the directors as I, I see the names and I know who directs certain pieces, but I thought she did a great job. I mean, there was nothing in that movie that, wasn't an exciting scene. I mean, there were some scenes that I didn't like as much, but I thought yeah. she did a great job directing it. Yeah. It, she's a, she directed a bunch of stuff. She won her Oscar, um, for, uh, the hurt locker. Um, she won best director and best picture over her ex-husband, James Cameron, which is pretty cool. Um, and of course she did zero dark 30, yeah, and I, I love I love those movies. Did she do anything prior to Point Break, or is this her breakout movie? I think this was like her breakout movie. I know she did. Um, I know she did K nineteen, The Widowmaker with Harrison Ford. After I know there's there's a movie in between that I'm forgetting. Um, but she's a very accomplished director. There's still a movie yeah. that I haven't seen of hers that I'd love to see, and it's Detroit. Um, I forgot about Zero Dark Thirty. That's a great movie too. Yeah, she's she did that. That's a fantastic movie. I, I I love that movie. That was actually one I missed seeing in the theater, and I didn't see it until last year when Carly and I decided to pop it on. Um, and I I really had a good time with it. I really enjoyed it a lot, especially that last thirty minutes and seeing Chris Pratt still kind of chubby. Chris Pratt, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um. <clears throat> Alrighty. The film was originally called Johnny Utah. The studio felt the title said very little about surfing, so they renamed it to Writers of the Storm after the famous song by the doors. However, the lyrics had you know nothing to do with the films. So While halfway through shooting, they changed the title to Point Break because it's you know re- because of its relevance to surfing. Um what do you think about these title options, dude? Uh, I'm glad they went with what they did. I, I'm not a Doors fan and I love music. Sorry if anybody's a Doors fan. Um, Johnny Utah would have not caught anybody's attention if that was the name. 
Uh, it sounds kind of cheesy. And I like Point Break's great. I, I try to fi- figure out in movies where they say the actual title in the movie, and I did catch it the second time I watched it this week um, where they actually say the name Point Break in there, which was fun. Where do they say it? So in the, the scene where they are uh, narrowing down where the surfers are from, what what beach they like to surf on, they say it right there. It's Point Break Beach. There's part of that beach. It's called Point Break. Oh, I, I never caught that, man. You just It's you, real quick. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Gary Busey says it. I think. I could be wrong. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Hey, Utah, give me two. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, none of these titles are really good in my opinion. Um, point break, it just, it's, it's an accurate title for the film and carries a little bit more weight and significance than the other titles. Like you said, um, writers, writers of the storm, which I mean, is a song I, I kind of enjoy, but it doesn't really give you any indication of what the movie is about. And the, t- the name Johnny Utah, like you were saying, it doesn't really bring you in, um, to the movie. No, it's the movie's about surfers. I mean, obviously there's, there's robberies, but the surfing is the big piece. That's what drew you in, um, is one of the the themes you like, you know, it's even that movie. What what is it? Blue crush. For some reason I like that movie, but the title pulls you in. It's like, Oh, it's a surfing movie. I got to watch this. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a callback. I haven't seen that movie in, in years. That was one I used to own and watch all the time in the car. Surf ninjas. We can just come up with other surf movies that we loved, but yeah, all all good titles. (laughs) Uh, Chasing Mavericks. Yep. It's a good one. All righty. Patrick Swayze was an actually an, an accomplished skydiver. Um, he made 55 jumps in total, in fact. However, he was told to stop for insurance purposes by the studio once production began. Um, producers coaxed him into the agreement uh, with the promise of letting him, you know, do an actual skydive on screen. The shot in particular being when Bodhi yells "Adios, amigo" and proceeds to fall out of the plane. Um, this is pretty freaking cool, man. It just shows how dedicated Patrick Swayze was to the role, and how much of a real life badass he was. Um, to me, it kind of paid off too because it's one of my favorite shots in the movie. And the, to me, this is one of I think this is my most memorable mo- role for him. Um, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I loved a minute. It, it's funny that you're doing these fun facts uh, i was when i was watching it for the first time again this this was a couple weeks ago when you asked me to be on the show uh when i was watching that scene when he drops out you notice how he kind of does the um you know the, the pike position with his legs and his toes are pointed out and he's wearing the they almost look like slippers yeah so that exact pose right there i had a strange feeling that that was actually patrick swayze doing it because if you've ever seen roadhouse he does a lot of it just, it's a Swayze move, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and I looked it up. I looked up that and I read that exact same fun fact that it was him actually falling out of there. So I, I thought it was pretty cool that I noticed that. I don't know how I noticed it. was just, it was one of those weird feelings. I'm like that. I feel like that's actually Swayze jumping out right there. Um, well, there's something about his body language from like you were yeah. saying from Roadhouse where he does a lot of those kicks and a lot of those moves and it just, yeah, it's the body language. You yeah, same, same fight scene as in Roadhouse. And I think, these movies are a couple years apart, so. Yeah, I think Roadhouse came. It came out in the late eighty, mid to late eighties. Eighty nine, um, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. 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 Wow, man, this guy had one heck of a run. He had Roadhouse or Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, 
uh, Ghost and Point Break. That's crazy. That's a crazy run. Do you have the fun fact about Ghost in here? I'll give you another one. I, I don't. Throw it in, man. Do you know? Do you know what the fun fact is? I don't. So there was one of the I forget which scene I'll have to look it up again but there was a scene that he was not in they had to use a stunt double for him because he he also wasn't practicing because he was out filming part of Ghost during that fight scene. Oh, hold up. I think I know what the, this is the uh is it the foot chase sequence? Yeah, that that's right. It wasn't him in the mask. Yep. Yep. So that, that was the one scene where he didn't do his own stunt because he was out filming Ghost. Man, you know, for someone like him, that definitely gutted him. Oh, yeah, to for not sure. Be able to do that. Because that's one of the, again, there's many memorable scenes in this movie, but that's got to be one of them. Alrighty. And to me, this, this is the most interesting fact about this movie. Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Charlie Sheen, Willem Dafoe, and Val Kilmer all, all, all auditioned for the role of Johnny Utah. But... Catherine Bigelow fought hard for Keanu Reeves, insisting she wouldn't do the film without him. Uh, I'm with Bigelow here. I think the only actor listed that could have done the role, maybe, might have been Johnny Depp. And all the others, I just don't really see having that soulful quality. Um, I see where the studio is coming from, though, in the sense that, you know, what we talked about earlier Reeves, this this was Reeves' first action role, and he was pri- primarily known for being, you know, Ted and Bill and Ted. Um, however, to use the word again, you know, there's something very soulful about Keanu Reeves that just makes me believe him in the role of Johnny Utah. Um, could you see any of these actors pulling off this role that I just listed? No. And I like all yeah. those actors. I just, and maybe it's because we know Keanu a lot more now. Maybe back then it was different. Um, I'm happy she went with Keanu because he is just a, even if you don't think he's a great actor, um, he's people like his movies. He's just a fun loving guy and he's really good at the action scenes. And then he, he pulls off that, you know, the surfer mentality at, at, you know, midway through and at the end. So I thought he did great. I, I also read somewhere that Patrick Swayze actually wanted to be Johnny Utah at first, but then they cast him as Bodie instead. Yeah, um, that was true. He auditioned for the role of uh, Utah, but then wanted to do um, uh, Bodhi because he said he had a lot of similarities to the character, him as a person, um, related to that harder edge of Bodhi. Yeah, I know. that wild, wild man edge. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love, I love the casting, especially looking back on it. Um, I, it's one of those where when they remade it and then I found out it wasn't Keanu and obviously Patrick Swayze, it yeah. just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah. There was a, before the unfortunate, you know, passing of, of Patrick Swayze, I remember there being like a lot of talk uh, of doing a, a, a sequel to point break where Bodie, you know, survived at the end. Um, I don't, know if i would have liked that i because we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later but there's something great about the ending of Bodie, and then of course once he you know once patrick swayze passed away um they decided to do a uh, remake 
or they, I remember seeing rumors about Gerard Butler possibly pe- playing uh, Bodie, but and I could kind of see it, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a little weird. I guess it yeah it might have been pretty neat to see like an older Bodie and you know th- they thought he's gone but he's not. But no, I, yeah, I like the I love the way that it ended. Yeah, man. Alrighty, before we get to our awards section, we're going to take a quick break to let you hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you to our sponsor. It means a lot to me um, here at the Ben Davis Movie Podcast. Alrighty, time for the creme de la creme, the awards section for Point Break. We'll start off with top five favorite scenes and moments. Um... At number five, again, let me preface this before I say the numbers. Um, this is in no particular order. We'll decide who um, or what is the favorite, you know, moment or scene at the end. But this is just me, you know, listing them off. Um, at number five, I have down the night surf scene. Um, like I said up top, when I was a kid and I first watched this movie, this was the scene that that really hooked me. Um, this scene gives me goosebumps each time I watch it. It's exactly how I felt when I used to surf and it takes me back to my first memory uh, of catching my first wave. It's hard to beat that feeling. And honestly, this scene really takes me back there to that moment. Um, not to mention this is the scene where, you know, Johnny and Tyler make it official, which is a big moment for the character of, of, of Johnny. It's also followed by one of an, another favorite scenes of mine that didn't really make the cut, and that's the raid scene of the surfer goon house um, that's led by the character Warchild, a.k.a. Lupton Pittman. And, Brad, there's a famous music- musician who appears in that scene. Um, who would that be? That would be Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I'm surprised he didn't go on to play any other big roles after this because I thought this would be his breakout. <laughs> you know, apparently I, I was doing some research. He didn't um he didn't show up for the fight choreography. And 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 that's why he kind of gets taken down with one punch during the initial fight scene at the beach and in this scene. Um yeah. that's I funny. So he, so he missed the choreography and Patrick Swayze was out filming a different movie. That's why he missed his chase. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say uh, he he let that one, you know, get away now. Um, well, if you know anything about the Chili Peppers back then, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, also, he could have, you know, developed some, some scar tissue from those fight sequences. Um, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got three. I got three song references in there, and I'm very proud of myself. That's perfect. I like it. <laughs> what do you think of the night surf scene, though? Well, I loved it. It was, um, you know, he, he learned how to surf very quickly. I'll put it that way. Uh, but when you get handed a actual surfboard by a, a surf legend out there, and then go out and perform it, you know, that's kind of the, the captivating moment of the movie where he's one of them. Um, and that's, I, I thought I was, it was a really cool scene. Now, I, I never understand how people, obviously it's a movie, but I don't know how they can see each other in the water in the middle of the night, unless there's a pretty, pretty bright moon. 
Yeah, it would have to be a very bright moon. Um, I've never been surfing uh, early or not early. I always go when I used to go surfing, I would go very, very early in the morning. I never went in the afternoon um, <clears throat> and I never went at night either. Um, so I, I can't speak to, to night surfing and the, uh, you know, how you would see. Um, I will say that if it's, you know, a bright moon, um, you can, you can see, but it's still, I mean, it's nighttime, so it's probably difficult. Um, so makes that, uh, him, you know, really getting up on his first wave, really impressive, you know, to get it up on, on a nighttime. I do love the lead into that scene too, when, uh, Pappas, you know, told him basically get some sleep because you got to be up early for your own raid in the morning. Um, obviously, we, obviously, we knew that was not going to happen. No, I, I do love the the atmosphere of going into there, and then you also, you know, you hear that scene of them talking about the fifty year storm, and you kind of get a sense of who Bodhi is and what he wants in life. He wants the ultimate thrill, um, yep. and that's what Tyler warns uh, Johnny about. She's like, he'll take you to the edge, you know, because that's what he wants. Alrighty, at number four, I have the car chase and foot chase sequence. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier with Patrick Swayze not being able to do it. Um, what do you think about this scene, Brad? Oh, it's a great scene. I always love, and it usually happens in L.A., when people are just running through backyards, nowhere to go, just hopping fences, running through people's houses. I thought they did a great job. It's hard to capture, yeah. you know, when you're in a foot chase like that, not that I've ever been in one, but in a movie, it's hard to capture just, you know, the, the hurdles that they're trying to get through. And they did a great job in that scene. Yeah, man, this is one of the more intense and thrilling action sequences that you just, I mean, you see action films today, but oftentimes they are, you know, a lot of spectacle involved in that. And I, and I love that too, but you don't really see a lot of movies like this, or a lot of action sequences like this today, really. It just, it felt very raw and, and, and real and, and gritty. Um, you see our, our hero getting tired and winded and not being able to, to you know, move as fast throughout the, the, the foot race. And he doesn't come across as some, you know, invisible machine. Um, they kind of did that in um, that movie that came out with Charlie Theron. Um I think own. Um, I forget the name of name of that movie, but it's the staircase fight sequence where she's like super tired at the end. That's kind of the closest thing to it. Um, but Johnny getting dropped or getting the drop on Bodie and, and not being able to pull the trigger is one of the more iconic scenes in movies too. You know, the way he gets so frustrated with himself and he just fires the gun up in the air going, ah, um, it's, it's been duplicated and spoofed. Um, the best one being in, in hot fuzz, uh, several times over. Um, I really just enjoy the attention to detail too, with his knee giving out on him, you know, calling back to his college football injury. And it just shows how this movie really isn't scared to show our, our, our heroes being, you know, vulnerable and, and, and weakened. It just adds to that. Even though this movie's, you know, pretty outlandish, it just adds to that real feel to it. Um, I really enjoy this scene. Yeah. It's that case of the, you know, Technically, he's a bad guy. He's robbing banks, but you kind of feel for him on why he's doing it, and he's trying not to hurt anybody. And you know, it it shows in the original bank robbing scene in the movie where 
you know, they're not out to hurt people, but obviously it's a, a crime. Um, it does make me question. It made me question after watching it going back, you know, Keanu Reeves has some pretty easy shots on these guys when they're driving, but he never hits them. Do you think he's missing on purpose or is that just to play out the movie? I think he's missing on purpose and, and Pappas kind of calls him out on this too at the end or in the, in the next scene where he's like, you know, you don't miss, you know, you shoot, you don't miss. Um, are you getting attached to these guys? And, you know, Johnny Utah's like, no, man, I'm I'm not. I missed, you know, I hurt my knee. Right. Um, and it just shows that he's, he's getting really attached, um, uh, to to this group of people when he really feels connected to them um he's getting a little too close to the to to the uh to the case i guess you could say um number three scene i have here is the first skydive um even though i've seen this movie several times brad this scene still gets me super nervous for johnny at the beginning you know because this is this is right after um, the foot chase sequence, you know, um, and they know who he is and you don't know. And you heard them planning the night before, but you you're not really sure what's going on. And, you know, the first time you watch it, you're not sure what they're going to do to him. You think that they might be up to something with them. Um, however, once they jump out of the plane, it's just freaking incredible it's so well crafted and shot that you forget you know Bodie and his squad are up to something with Johnny um you kind of lose yourself in the moment um which is you know what this movie you know is trying to get at I think at a at a uh, psychological level I just find this scene to be really mesmerizing and I love the constant what-upsmanship between Johnny and Bodie between who will pull the cord first it's like the the bat battle of the alphas. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great scene. It it it's a lot of different f- feelings at once. So, you know, after that last scene, like you said, you're you're afraid. Are they going to try to kill Keanu Reeves, uh, Johnny Utah? Are they going to do they want to bring him in and maybe make him like a double agent? Who knows? Um, that's actually one of the things I thought when I first watched the movie was: Are they going to try to get him on their side and be, you know, a criminal with them? Uh, obviously that it didn't go that way, but uh, it, it does show Keanu's character, that drive to just, he doesn't, it seems like he doesn't have that scared that he has the no fear trait. Um, And they're not threatening, threatening them to get in the plane. They're just taking him skydiving and he just goes, I I thought it was a great scene. Yeah, man. It's, so well done. And like I said, I just kind of lose myself in that scene, you know, just the, the, the adrenaline you must feel. I've never been skydiving. I've always wanted to. And the adrenaline you must feel when you jump out of that plane and you're just almost like you're, you're, you're gliding down, you know, it feels like you're flying almost. I'm sure it's, it's, it, it, I just, I feel that, you know, even though I have never been skydiving, it's, pretty pretty incredible yeah and the fact that usually when you go skydiving your first time you're always with a tandem jump so you're with a professional they just basically strapped him in and said jump and he did yeah he just went by himself it's whew, that, that that's crazy <laughs> speaking of crazy uh second scene I, uh or the number two scene i have down here is the second skydive scene um and this is the one where 
you know, Bodhi's trying to get away and he's, you know, parachuting into, uh, into, uh, I think, I think it's in Mexico, right? Yeah. Flying over Mexico. Yeah. And he's trying to meet his, uh, his buddy and, uh, with Tyler that has Tyler and he leaves Johnny in the plane and Johnny just jumps out right after him, um, without a parachute. And it's the craziest thing ever. I, I love the callback to the first skydiving scene too, where the, you know, who will pull the cord, you know, them going back, you know, pull the cord. He's like, nah, you pull it, man. You got it. Um, you know, just to prove, you know, which one is more fearless, which one's more alpha, I guess you could say, you know, and look, I know there's no way these guys could have a conversation that high up or probably even survive the fall considering they pulled that cord at like the last minute. Um, but damn, this scene is just, it's so radical and, and blood pumping, man. It's, it's crazy. Oh yeah, for sure. It shows the power of Bodhi that he has over everybody in that movie though. So the first skydiving scene, you know, he basically talks all these other guys that know they're caught out of not killing him. And then the second scene, I, he knew that, that, uh, Johnny Utah was going to jump out after him. Oh yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's a fantastic scene. Um, Alrighty, and the final scene I have listed down here is Bodie's end. Um, we kind of hinted at it up top a little bit there. Um, one of the things I love about this scene is how when time, how it shows the characters have kind of switched in the sense of how they look, you know, with Bodie looking more clean cut and, and what have you, and, and Johnny looking more like a real surfer now. Um, he has the long hair. He looks more like Ted, to be honest. Um, Again, you know, Bodie and, and Johnny have a pretty nasty fight. Um, but in the end, you know, Johnny's finally able um, to catch Bodie. However, you know, Bodie convinces Johnny to let him, you know, catch this one big wave that he's been talking about. You know, the 50-year storm. This is the thing that he's been chasing. You know, this is this is his moment. You know, and I believe Johnny knows in this scene that Bodie fully intends to die and when he goes out there and that's why he lets him go you know either way if he gets taken into jail Bodhi would die anyway maybe not in the sense of his physical body dying but certainly you know metaphorically you know Bodhi is su such a free spirit that behind the you know behind bars you know him being behind the bars it, it without a doubt it would it would crush him um for me there there is no more of a fitting death than for this character to die at sea riding the biggest wave imaginable you know he goes out on his own terms and he rides the wave literally to his death and it's it's a very fitting into the to the character of Bodie what do you think about Bodie's end no like we talked about earlier I I like the the ending scene I like the way they ended it it did have an ending in my mind um yeah I like that you brought up Keanu Reeves with the longer hair in the rain. I, it looked like the beginning of a John Wick to me. You know, the darker scene, it's raining. Um, he looks more seasoned. He doesn't look like that, in, you know, beginning FBI agent. Um, no, it, was, it was a really cool scene. I, I want to know how they actually shot. It, you know, was it a stunt man on a big wave? Was it, 
it was a stunt man on a uh, big wave. Uh, yeah. Patrick Swayze really wanted to do a lot of his surfing scenes, but obviously they probably were not going to let him wipe out on a giant wave. Right. Um, so they, uh, they, they got a stunt man to do it. And I mean, it looks wicked when he wipes out like that would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt so bad. Yeah. It just, it wouldn't have had any of the same feel if he just walked on the beach cause he knew where he was and arrested him. You know, that's not, yeah. that would have not been a good ending to that movie. No, you got, you got to have someone like Bodhi going out and his shield, his shield being, uh, his surfboard. Yeah. And let's be, let's be honest, every one of his friends that he's, you know, all of his crew were not there anymore. So yeah, I, I like that point you bring up that if he would have gone to prison, he would have basically died anyways. Um, so no, it was a good ending. Yeah. That, that Yeah. So man, out of these out of these scenes, is there anyone uh, more that you would want to add, or are these good? And do you you know out of these scenes, which ones would you choose to um, be the favorite scene? Um, they're all. I agree with all your scenes; they're all my favorites. Um, I did. I think I was texting with you. My other favorite scene is the beach football scene uh, yeah. when, when Johnny Utah first meets all the surfers. It's always funny to me when all of a sudden there's like this, and I love playing football, this, this perfect setup of all the cars turned around in a circle with the lights and you're playing football on the beach, which every beach I've ever been to, you never get that seclusion with just your friends. It's usually pretty crowded. Um, so that scene was great. Them finding out who he is. uh, I really like that scene. I wouldn't add it to here. I I still think these are the top five scenes for sure. Yeah. I I do love that football scene though, man. It's, it's one of the best. And that's where you, you start to see a little bit of their competitiveness with one another, you know, um, and how far they're willing to push each other. You see Johnny get like that pass to score the touchdown. And then like the next play, uh, you see Bodie come in and sack, uh, Utah. And then, you know, he, you know, uh, or yeah, Bodie catches that pass or whatever. He's running toward the the touchdown, which I'm sure he ran way past the touchdown. Oh yeah, but it was just to to beat Johnny, and then Johnny ends up you know sacking him in the water, um, yeah. or tackling him rather in the water. Um, it's pretty cool, pretty cool fun scene. I I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I think my my favorite scene might be just because it's it's a very poetic ending. I and I love endings. Uh I like Bodie's end, but I could be persuaded to the the first skydive sequence. I all these scenes are great. Um and they're all different I, too. I mean, I know there's two skydive scenes, but the drama in each one of these is completely different, and that's why I think there it's a great top 5 here. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with uh, Bodie's end for, for favorite scene. Um, you agree with that? Yeah, short short and sweet. I mean, it's the shortest out of all these. Uh, the most exciting to me was the foot chase. But, yeah, I think Bodie's end was definitely my favorite scene. All righty. Well, well, favorite scene goes to Bodie's end. All right. On to the next category that is, you know, least popular. Um it's more of a dire subject. Uh, least favorite scene. Um, for number one, I have here Utah ask, you know, Pappas about his theory. Uh, this scene is just so overacted. 
I mean, the the whole movie it, it has that feel to it, but this scene really in particular. Uh, not to mention his theory is based off of one video of a tan line on a guy's ass, and it's based off the fact that they found a sp- specific kind of wax at the crime scene. It's just, it, it's not my favorite. Um, what do you think, Brad? No, I, yeah, I, I agree with the overacting. Every time I watch that scene, it's just, it's your typical Keanu just screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's where I talk about, you know, people may not like his acting. I enjoy that stuff. I think it's fun. Um, I don't think he's out there trying to win any big awards, but uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my least favorite scenes. Yeah. Um, Number two, I have here the post red uh, raid scene featuring Tom Sizemore overacting to the 10th degree. Uh, I just don't like Tom Sizemore's acting in this scene, man. The you think I like this hair, man line just (laughs) it gets me because his hair doesn't look that bad. It's just dyed blonde. Yeah. It's not like cut weird or anything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just I caught Tom Sizemore dialing it up. Yeah, I caught on into this movie that and a lot of movies do this, but this one in particular, they're trying to overplay the tough guy cop mentality. And I, I have a lot of friends that are police officers and you know, they joke around about there are some guys on the force like that, but it's just every single person in charge in this movie was just a complete a hole. Um which is funny because I actually like Pappas a lot and I'm not a yeah, big Gary Busey fan, but I thought he did great. He was kind of like, you know, he wanted to be the jerk at the beginning, but then they became friends. And uh, I, I agree with the Tom Sizemore. I do like Tom Sizemore a lot and all his other roles, even if they're small, but I was not a fan of him in this movie. Yeah. He's great in saving private Ryan. Black Hawk down all of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good one too. He always plays that. He's that, he's that guy that's not afraid of anything. So yeah, um, very intense kind of guy. Yeah, no, I did not like that scene either. Yeah. Alrighty, and my my final scene I have here is Tyler finds out the truth about Johnny. Look, your girl pulls out a gun on him and shoots the pillow beside him to wake him up. You know, what if she had missed? Yeah. Like what? Like that's that's just crazy. Like it it makes no sense that she would be so irate because she seems like she's a you know like a pretty down to earth kind of mellow person. Um, I mean she's she's tough for sure. She's a, she's tough, but I don't think she's the type of person that would pull out a gun just because she found out he was a police officer. She would definitely be upset, and the way that she acted is you know that that's fair, but shooting the gun at the pillow to wake him up. You know, what do the neighbors think of that? Cause I'm sure he has neighbors. They hear a gun go off, you know, at like two in the morning. And then like, if you're Johnny Utah, are you really going to go chasing her after she just like shot at you? I don't think so. Yeah. That's a love story, I guess. <laughs> it's a very sweet love story <laughs> yeah I, I was wondering why he was sleeping with the gun loaded next to him when I, I guess because of everything that happened the day before but she's bound to find out uh, yeah. I I think maybe they were trying to play into the beginning of the movie where they were looking up her record uh, when he first found her and maybe she had a lot on her record so she is pretty tough in that sense so who knows yeah. maybe that's just the the dark side of Tyler that we didn't know about. Yeah, maybe, you know, I, I, 
I made Heather watch this, my wife, uh, with me a couple weeks ago. She's she's seen it but didn't remember it. And the second she saw Tyler, she loved her because she loves Kit from A League of Their Own. And oh, she's, yes. she's always the feisty actress, and I think she did an awesome job in this movie. She really did, man. She's she's good in a lot of those movies that came out around, these time, uh, around this time. You know, League of Their Own, Point Break, uh, Free Willy. Um I I really enjoy her as an actress. I wonder what happened. I, mean, I didn't I didn't really you know see her in much after this. I know she was in that one uh, movie uh, in the army now with the guy that did Biodome. What's his name? Polly Shore, the guy. <laughs> yeah, Polly like, Shore. Yeah, we'll go back to my '90s reference where I grew up in the my personal opinion the greatest decade to watch movies, cheesy movies like that. And Polly Shore was a staple in every house growing up. Yeah, I always think of uh, a goofy movie when I think of him. The cheesy guy. Or whatever. (laughs) Alrighty. So what would be your personal, your pick for least favorite scene, man? I would go with the Utah and Pappas story about the theory. If you wrote that, you wrote that theory down on a, you know, it could be a, a comedy movie if you think about it. Um, and I don't know why they were overacting there, but I thought the same thing. It was just, it was a little cheesy the way they were yelling at each other. Yeah. It was just very over the top and like, not like people don't talk to each other like that. (laughs) I don't know. It just, it just seemed very, very cheesy and not, not very well done. And they really, they really talked it up. So if you remember before that scene, he already had the theory he was going to tell Utah and he just doesn't do it. They wait until they're outside at night. It's like, why not just tell him right then? It just, it, they built it up too much. Yeah. And I you're in LA. That. So if it's not a bad theory. You're in Los Angeles. It's surfers. That's not that bad of a theory. So why they tried to make it this weird, I don't know. It was a weird scene. I didn't like it. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving on to a, a more nicer quality or a more nicer, um, segment best acting performance Alrighty, i'm gonna go with patrick swayze for this one man um to me patrick swayze is Bodie. i i can't imagine really anyone else pulling this role off as effortlessly as he did uh he just brings this natural charisma and soulfulness to this role that you understand why these group of surfers and and johnny respond to him and ultimately follow him um, he's very charismatic. He's almost like a cult leader, almost. Um, Patrick Swayze is is great in Dirty Dancing and Ghost and all that. But and of course Roadhouse and another favorite of mine, Next to Ken, which is a movie with Liam Neeson. Um, but to me, I'll always remember him as Bodhi, and I think this is like a career defining role for him. Maybe not performance. Although I do love his performance in this, but it's certainly to me when I think Patrick Swayze, this is the first movie that comes to my mind. Um, what do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, I definitely think he's he gets best acting performance. Uh, he did a great job. Uh, he does fit that role. I'm glad they cast him as Bodie and not Johnny Utah, because I don't know who, else, like you said earlier, I don't know who else would have played Bodie in this. Um, I didn't realize he was 37 when he was filming that movie too. Really? Which, I, didn't look, I didn't even know. Which is a year older than me, and I don't know, he just looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a pretty cool, pretty cool guy, Brad. Oh, thanks. 
No, I, I thought he did. It was excellent. I, he was a perfect cast in my book. Um, I did see that the other folks in his crew were actually servers. Yeah. And he doesn't appear to be an outsider. A lot of other actors may have not appeared to be a true surfer. And I thought Swayze did a great job. Yeah, I did too. I did too. All right. Best acting performance goes to Patrick Swayze. All righty. Moving on to worst acting performance. Um, to me, this is Tom Sizemore. I know he's in the movie, not, you know, he's not in the movie a lot, lot. It's a small role, but man, I really don't like him in this movie. He's just so over the top and unnecessarily aggressive for such little screen time. It just, it rubs me the wrong way. Again, do you think I like this haircut, man? Like that line, I don't know. It's just so, he, it's so overly aggressive. Yeah, I was not a fan. And this was early Tom Sizemore, right? He wasn't in any other thing big. I don't I don't remember him before that. Yeah, this is very early Tom Sizemore. I don't I don't really remember him before anything else before this. Yeah, I, I didn't like I wasn't a big fan of his, but I actually I'm going to disagree with the worst in the whole movie. I did not like uh John McGinley. Is that is that his name? He was the officer in charge. <laughs> you didn't think he was funny? He was all right, but it was just, it was a little cheesy and corny. Every time he came on, it was, like I said earlier about the tough guy cop mentality. He just did not play a good tough guy cop in my mind. Um, no, he, plus it's, it's hard for me to take him serious when I've seen, uh, seen him do such silly stuff like that. Uh, of course the animal with Rob Schneider, which I know is a very obscure movie. To, to yeah. And that's that's how I always picture him. That's why seeing him try to be the tough guy just didn't fit well with me. Not to say that he, you know, maybe it's because I've seen him in other movies since then that that kind of skews it. But I would say between Tom Sizemore and him. For yeah, my and, and Scrubs, too. Scrubs is another show that he yep. did. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. No, I love him in Scrubs. Yeah, I uh, I just, I love his, I love his uh, over-the-top lines of, uh, you know, the... You think you think you know everything, but you know nothing. I, I don't I don't know the quote off the top of my head, but even if you knew something, that'd be something. But you didn't. Um, yeah. And uh, the young, dumb, and full of calm line, and of course the uh, um, the yes, you bother me line is uh, yeah. It's not a very not a very supportive manager in my mind. No, <laughs> he's he's a dick. He's a, he's a dick. Um, you know what? Since you are my, my guest, I will give worst performance to uh, John McGinley. Is that how you say his name? John McGinley, yeah. Yeah, John McGinley. All right, worst performance goes to John McGinley. All righty. Now we're moving on to a, a, a pretty fun and conversational uh, award section. It is the Does This Make Sense Award. So this is really just a series of questions that I have written down after watching the movie. And honestly, there there's more than I thought there would be um, that I have here. Um, so I'll start off with number one. How and why did one surfer take the time to write thank you on the top of his ass crack and then proceed to moon the camera? It, it does not make sense. <laughs> no. It, like I don't, I don't get how he had the time or even thought to do that. You know, it, it's, I mean, it, it's important to the movie because that you know leads to Pappas's theory about the tan line and 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 all that stuff. Well, and it's the, it, I love that it 
it's when Johnny Utah realizes that that's the group of servers when he's surfers, when he sees, when he sees one <laughs> yeah. of them surfing and he turns around and moons Johnny Utah and he's like, Oh, there's a light bulb. It's gotta be these guys. <laughs> yeah. I actually have that written down too. It's funny. Cause it's like, what? That's the thing that triggered it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's ridiculous. All righty. Number two I have here. The air got dirty and the sex got clean. Um, I'm not trying to be funny with this one, um, but 1991 AIDS was, you know, and it was still a very big and new thing. And many people lost their lives to it and are still losing their lives to it. So that's why this line never really made any sense to me, especially because that was kind of the peak of the AIDS epidemic or around that time. Yeah, it was around that time. I I don't remember that quote. Um, Pappas says it to Johnny Utah actually in the worst scene. Which oh, that's right. Yeah, I do remember that. No, yeah, that line doesn't really make sense to me why they put it in there. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't get that. Like, I get what he's trying to get at, you know, but it, it doesn't make sense considering the timeline um, uh, uh, of events. Alrighty, question, Brad does 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 Bodie strike you as the type of guy to watch football? No, and that's why that the surfer football night scene was one of my favorites. Because if you watch any of them throw the ball, none of them knew how to throw except for Keanu Reeves. And yeah, it was just it was surprising that they were playing football. But then again, like Tyler always says, they're they're there for the adrenaline. They are just extreme guys and will do anything, and that's an extreme sport. So maybe it adds into yeah. it. Yeah. It just, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy to, to, to really even have a TV and keep up with that stuff. But then again, you know, they, like you said, you know, football is kind of an extreme sport. And so it would make sense that he would want to follow that. So, yeah, but I don't know how much LA guys surfers, especially would be watching Ohio state football. And then, you know, they say Johnny Utah is a conference all conference player, you know, that's not really a national level type of thing. So yeah, you're right. I don't picture him watching movies or watching TV and sports. I never really thought about that. Now, if you were comparing Johnny Utah to a quarterback from Ohio state, who do you think it would be? Cause like, I don't, I don't follow college football as much. Um, I know Ohio state currently has a really good uh, quarterback in Justin Fields that Panthers could possibly pick up in the draft. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I, I don't know. I, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I'm not sure what quarterback he'd be like. Yeah. Now, Joe Burrow was an Ohio State quarterback at one time, so maybe we can say Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All righty. I have here, and this is in regards to to the, uh, the raid. Um, wouldn't the FBI – do a more formal and thorough investigation before they go ahead and set up the raid. And wouldn't they be informed of any undercover operations prior to the raid? So that they, did, they didn't blow somebody's cover. That's a great point. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing when we were just talking about Tom Sizemore. He's so mad at Johnny Utah, but and it might be nitpicking the movie, but Johnny Utah is a basically an apprentice. He's learning how to be an FBI agent. It's not his raid for one. It would be his, you know, it'd be Pappas and those guys raid. 
And you would think FBI and DEA would be understanding of who's working where at all times. Yeah. Like, so that's why it, it never really made sense to me that, cause plus you, you would have to have like a search warrant in hand. And I don't know if any of them have the search warrant in hand. I'd have to go back and watch the movie, but like, I don't know. I, that that just never really made sense to me. Alrighty. And this, we kind of hinted up at top about what this is, but Johnny's realization of Bodie and his gang, maybe being the ex president is based off of seeing a group of surfers surf together in the daylight. And one of the surfer pulling down his pants to, to moon Johnny. And it's like seeing his ass that just like triggers him and goes, Oh, okay. They might be it. Yeah, and then I love uh, right after that, Tyler looks at him and says, you acted like you just saw a ghost. And then they cut away to Busey's <laughs> one-liner about their ghosts. And it's just, yeah, it's a great... I I think I like that scene now that I think more about it. Like, it may Which not make one? sense in the grand scheme of things, but the fact that they use the ass in two <laughs> scenes as big-time plot twist in a way. Yeah, they, they I mean, they used it to, to great effect. I, it just, I don't know. I, I like the music in the scene and Keanu Reeves' facial expression of like, he really does look like star struck. Like he has that like, oh no, look on his face Um, that I really like. But I just thought that that was like an interesting thing that, you know, that was the thing that made him think that these group of guys could possibly be the, the people you're looking for. Um. Number six here I have during the, the chase sequence when Bodie lights a gas line on fire to spray the fire to kind of make like a makeshift uh, uh, flamethrower. Wouldn't the fire follow down the gas line causing an explosion? It's a good question. We'll have to watch YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about uh, like a blowtorch or any flamethrower, they're using some sort of ignition to ignite the flame. I, that's a good question. I don't know if it would travel down. Um, I don't know. You could ask Ben Stiller and Zoolander. Didn't they do that in that movie too? <laughs> I think it's been a while since, you know what? That's the gasoline party, isn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah, right yeah, yeah. It doesn't actually, oh. the scene may not make much sense to me, not even with the gas part, but Bodie's a very smart guy. Why he's taking so long to do that was beyond me. Let just light the car on fire, like spray the car, light the car on fire and run away. It, I mean, it added some cinematic effect, which was great, but it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't make much sense. You're, you're right about that. Bodie is a, he seems like, I mean, he's in it for the adrenaline. Um, I will say toward as the movie goes longer, he is pushing his luck more and more and more and more. You know, with, you know, taking the the bank vault at the end um, when he's normally doesn't take from the vault because he's constantly chasing that next high, that next adrenaline rush. Um, and maybe that kind of plays into it, his his mindset of, OK, I'm just going to light all of this stuff on fire. Um, maybe that kind of plays into it a little bit. All right, moving on, uh, we have. Why wouldn't Johnny just tell his captain they kidnapped his girlfriend, um, being Tyler, and forced him to 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 help them rob this bank so he could clear his name and not be an accessory to murder and robbery? Yeah, 
I, I actually ask myself that question in lots of movies. Like, just tell them, tell them. Yeah. And I, again, I know it's a movie, and that's Heather always yells at me when I do this, but I, I like to yell at movies and say, just tell them, just tell them now. And it seems like they never do that for some reason. But in real life, you would. Oh yeah, that would right? be the first thing I'd say. Yeah, you throw your hands up and say, "Listen, this is why I'm here." I didn't. Yeah, it's just it is surprising. It's frustrating yeah. because I know that. I guess they have to do that. Maybe, maybe we should ask a director why they do that. Yeah, it's. I, I guess it's to add, you know, dramatic tension. But it's kind of like that, that plot point of you know, someone calls another character in the movie, and they go, "Hey, I have something important to tell you, but I can't tell you right now. Meet me at Death Peak in three minutes, and then they die before they can tell them the news." Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of movies that do stuff like that. Um, a movie that actually I really enjoy, The Invisible Man, did that. Um, and a lot of its parts, I won't, you know, it's it's kind of newish, so I won't, you know, go into spoilers on that. But that was one of the things that I, that bugged me about that movie too. Alrighty, and the last one I have listed here is, "You want me so bad, it's like acid in your mouth." What does this mean? I've never heard anyone say this term of phrase since I've only ever heard it in this movie. And I don't understand what that means. Is it a Johnny Utah quote? That is a Bodhi quote. Bodhi. Um, he says it right before he jumps out the plane and goes, adios amigo. I don't, unless he's referring to acid, the drug. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be it. I didn't actually really think about that. Should have. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Alrighty. So what would you think? What do you think is the most glaring thing here for the Does This Make Sense Award? I know we, we talked about like eight different things, but what would you say is the most glaring? I when we were talking about Tom Sizemore and I was I was thinking about this, I didn't bring it up, but then you brought it up here. The the fact that Tom Sizemore's scene, which you didn't like the most, was because the DEA and FBI weren't working together. (laughs) And those guys, I mean, they had rap sheets. They were all felons. They immediately grabbed all their big guns the second something happened. So you would think that they would have done a background check there. Yeah. uh, You know what? I I, I agree. I think that since that, you know, that's, that's the least favorite, you know, one of my least favorite scenes and this, that, that is always, that logic has always got me. I, I think I'm going to have to put that as the, 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 does this make sense? So I think the, 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 does this make sense award goes to wouldn't the FBI do a more formal and uh, thorough investigation before doing a raid. All righty. Moving on to the last award of the evening, the MVP of the movie. Um, Brad, who do you think is the MVP of this movie? I don't know. I, I would actually say the director. Yeah, that's exactly who I have down too. And because it's through our conversation here, and I might might have thought of her before, but the fact that she did go on out on the limb, and I'm sure it was a team, but to pick Keanu Reeves for that part, as opposed to those other ones, um, I, I don't know. I just she did a really good job bringing them all together. Yeah, and it's you know, like I've said several times on this podcast, I think without Bigelow as the director you really lose that soulful touch that she's able to bring to it. Um, kind of like that Zen like quality. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, without that, this movie just becomes another action movie 
but it doesn't have the soul that this movie has. Um, plus, like you were saying, she's the one who got Keanu Reeves cast in this movie, which spawned a career of great action movies that we keep getting. So, yeah, and I wouldn't picture Keanu as a because of Bill and Ted's. It, she did a good job keeping some of that lovability, and that's not a word. Some of that. The, the loving aspects that people knew about Keanu Reeves, you know, grabbing a donut from one of the desks in the first scene, uh, even when he's just carrying the surfboard through the FBI headquarters, talking to his boss when he's yelling at him. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. And he's yelling at him and he goes, do you have any new intel? And he looks at him and says something about, I just caught my first tube last night or pipe. I just caught my first tube. Last I don't know. Night. That's yeah. That's, Part of the reason why I liked it is because it was classic Keanu Reeves in a movie that she went out on a limb and used him for. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. I, I agree. So MVP goes to Catherine Bigelow. So to recap the award section, we have for favorite scene, Bodie's end. For least favorite scene, we have Utah Ask Pappas His Theory. For Best Acting Performance, we have Patrick Swayze. For Worst Acting Performance, we have... Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, plays the Chief. Uh, John McGinty. Or John McGinley. John McGinley. Say Scrubs guy. <laughs> the Scrubs Doctor. Yep. Um, Does This Make Sense Award goes to Wouldn't the FBI Do a Formal and More Thorough Investigation Before They Do a Raid? And the MVP of the movie goes to Catherine Bigelow. Um, Now, usually after this, I have the ending of the show, but I'm adding in a new segment um, this week as a recommendation from uh, my buddy and guest of the show, uh, Josh Sutton, um, which is why we recommend you watch this movie. Um, And to me, at the end of the day, I recommend you watch this movie because it has some of the more thrilling and intense action sequences I've ever seen. It's also an adrenaline rush from beginning to end with a nice soulful touch that reminds us to keep our spirits alive while also being aware of the dangers of pushing your luck too far. Um, This is one of my favorite action movies of all time. And honestly, it reminds me of home, you know, and to me, home is the beach. Um, This is why I recommend you watch this movie. Um, Brad, why would you recommend someone watch this movie? I would say all the same same pieces uh for me just being a little older than you i also because it is the start of keanu reeves career besides bill and ted's but for that action career it's great to see him when he was very young uh same thing even if you don't like gary Busey, i thought he did an excellent job Uh, and then patrick swayze you know he had so many good movies back then you would hope that people don't forget about him but you know you're gonna have to go out and watch movies like point break and and those to really remember how good he was um, in those characters that he played. So I, the movie was great. It was fun to watch, entertaining. Um, I just, all around, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. I agree more. It's, it's a, it's my favorite Patrick Swayze movie. Um, if, if, if you want to go back and watch a couple of his movies, um, I would recommend this one over all the other ones, even though I, I still like, you know, some of his other classics. Alrighty guys, um, we did it. That's the end of this week's show. 
um, Brad, thank you so much for willing, being willing to, to come on here and, and, and chat moves with me, man. Um, it means a lot to me and I really appreciate it. Um, I can't wait to have you back here again. I know we have one movie lined up that we'll be talking about, um, later when I have you on, but yeah, man, it's been a blast on here talking with you. And yeah, thanks. thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me and maybe we can do like a full week of Polly Shore. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> Same character in every movie, just a different name. You'll love it. <laughs> All righty. Um, We'll be back next week with Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, it's one of my childhood favorites, and I'll be joined by none other than my super awesome wife, Carly Davis. Until then, be sure to leave a comment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It, it helps us out a great deal. Um, be sure to subscribe to my channel so you can you know stay up to date with all my latest content. I try to get out an episode um, each Sunday. Um, and while you're at it, why don't you go ahead over to Instagram and follow me at Ben Davis movie podcast, where I post reviews and blurbs for, you know, more recent films and, and share articles from the site that I write for Sif pop. Anyway, guys, till next time, stay classy.